You're listening to the podcast, So You Want to Be a Writer, with Valerie Koo and Allison Tate. Valerie is an author, journalist, and national director of the Australian Writers' Centre, which is one of the world's leading providers of online and classroom courses for people who want to get published and write with confidence. Alison Tate is a freelance writer, blogger, and author of the best-selling series, The Mapmaker Chronicles. She has more than 20 years' professional writing experience. Each week, they explore the world of writing, publishing, and blogging to bring you news and opportunities, advice on how to succeed in the world of writing, interviews with top writers, and much more. With students enrolling from all over the world, you can find out more about the Australian Writer Centre at writercentre.com.au. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 162 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Alison Tate. How are you, Al? I'm, I'm very good. I'm actually That's very, st- very well, because uh, the Ooh. Mapmaker Chronicles 4, Beyond the Edge of the Map, is, is out in yes, the world. in the world. It's been well-received, and yes. I'm just relieved. Like, it's a funny thing, you know, because you don't even realise how – kind of anxiously tense about it you are until yeah. it happens and then it's done it's just it's out there and that's all you can do there's no it's, more to be done so do you feel relief do you feel joy do you feel what exactly are the emotions well it's a it's a combination of all of those things and the I I, I did get um I got an email from someone who I respect a great deal um, saying to me that this this person has done a review of the book, just saying to me how much they loved it, how much they loved right. the series, yes. and how they they felt like as far as you know, kind of fantasy adventure series in Australia, how it was it was right up there, and it just like honestly, it's just the most amazing sense of of I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but there's, there's a sense of relief that you've done something that's good and there's a sense of just that gratification for receiving that kind of feedback. Like if you yes. think that about somebody's work, honestly tell them because it really makes such a difference to a person's day to hear something like that. I just, it really, I the it just was wonderful. It was a real a real moment for me. How exciting. Um, yeah, it was great. And I, I look, it's, it's just, it's, it, look, I have to say that the the series that has been so well received as a whole. Yes. Um, people have really embraced it, and there were some fantastic photos uh, in, just over the last couple of weeks. There's been some brilliant photos. Um, Marie McLean over in Perth did this photo of of the book right in front of of a, of a sailing ship, you know, of a of a. You know, oh yes, yeah, I saw I don't know that. If you saw it, mm. but it was you know she'd gone to a lot of effort to go and mm. take this photo, this brilliant photo, and it was I saw it and I was like, oh, that is so amazing. I was so chuffed. And there was another photo of a a book blogger. Uh, she's a tween book blogger called Jazzy. She has a blog, a blog called Jazzy's Bookshelf, and she does a lot of work for Megan Daly at Children's Books Daily. She does a lot of yeah. reviews for her. And there was a photo of her. She just received the book in the mail, and she was so excited. You know, there was this yeah. picture of her with it, and. Yeah, so, you know, you see it out there and, and then you realise that people are actually reading it. <laughs> it's just, um, yes. yeah, it, it is, you know, because it, as we've discussed, you know, writing is such a solitary thing. Like I spend so much time in my office wrapped in my slanket in winter as we've discussed on 
endlessly. I mean, people must get so sick of listening to me talk about this stuff. But that's what it is. You know, it's sitting down and it's it's just getting those words out and it's doing that. And then they go out there and it's just, okay, so that's what this is all about. You know, people are reading it and you feel like yes. the contract is closed, you know, at that point. So Yeah, right. Yeah. It's no, there's, no, there's no instant gratification with writing a no, novel, is there? No, not at mm. all. It's, 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 if you're in it for instant gratification, you need to find a new, you know, gig because it's, yes. it really is a, such a long-term thing. I mean, I, I can't remember who it was, but there was that thing, um, there's that fabulous quote about, you know, writing is – is like writing a joke and then waiting two years to find out if it's funny. I mean, that's kind of why, you know, it's like telling a joke and then you've got to wait two years to find out if anybody actually likes it. And I think that yeah. that's a really, it's such a good um, analogy for what writing a novel is actually like because you put so much work into it. And as I've said, you know, you're reading it a thousand times and you're doing all this work in, and then it, it just sort of, it's out of your hands and it's mm. gone. And then mm. you just, wait for the other shoe to drop really <laughs> and you're then on to the next one on to the next one mm. completely like I'm proofreading the Adaban cipher and you know that's just the first book in that series is about to go to proof copy print they're going to send out some proofs for people to see their advanced copies and um and then you know that's that's out in September and the whole process is just rolls on and you, off you go it's out in September isn't that soon wow that's exciting Oh yeah, that's going to be not. that. That'll be your fifth novel. No, that, no, fifth. it'll yeah. yeah that's my well, fifth, fifth published, middle published grade novel. Yeah, novel. Fifth middle grade, yeah, yeah. Wow, uh, as of September, yeah. So it's been. Let's just say it's been a big couple of years, people. <laughs> I reckon. I don't think your. So your book came out this week, and yeah, I don't think I can top that. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, okay. But you must have something. <laughs> Didn't you speak to 20,000 people at a conference or, you know, make some macrame or something? Yeah. <laughs> something. Well, I want to give a uh, shout out to Sophia Ald, who, uh, when I did post a picture of macrame, uh, of my macrame, um, she said, oh my God, it's real. <laughs> what you talk on the podcast, oh it's real. God. I know, there is that sense, isn't there, that we could just be sitting here talking about stuff that never happens. But you know what? <laughs> It all happens. We are nothing if not honest persons. Yes. <laughs> all the crazy stuff we talk about is real. It, really it is. is. So, yeah. yes, um, I have been doing Mama Krami. <laughs> uh, I didn't speak to 20,000 people, but I spoke to quite – quite a lot and I'm speaking um and uh, you know traveling all over the place up and down the east coast of Australia uh and now I'm looking forward to a month where I don't have to get on a plane and that to me is pretty exciting that is exciting it just takes I don't mind planes or anything I'm not scared of them I just um it just takes a lot of effort you know to get the airport all that kind of stuff and a lot of time so yeah yeah I'm looking forward to and it's. I, I actually I find it very um and it's probably because I don't do I don't do it as as regularly as you do, but I actually find like when I go and do presentations and things like that, particularly something that requires me to do several presentations in one day and then perhaps back up with several more. Like sometimes my school talks are are fairly intensive like that. Mm. I find it so draining. Like I just oh. you know I get home by the time I get home I'm just like okay it's eight o'clock I've got to go to bed now because yeah. I am exhausted and it's just that I, I guess what it is 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 it it's it's the kind of having to put a lot of energy out 
Whereas, yes. you know, I'm really, I mean, I know I talk a good game, but I'm relatively introverted, <laughs> really. I like to be on my own with my dog. So for me yes. to be surrounded by a lot of people and then needing to really put a lot of energy out is just, it's exhausting. I find it exhausting. It is exhausting, but I think also when you do it a bit, you get used to it. Um, yeah. A, a friend of mine, he does he does speaking and presentations and workshops a lot. And one year, like last year or the year before, I can't remember, um, out of the 365 days in a year, he was away for 279 of them and that's That's just a lot a lot I know I just kind of he told me that statistic and I just I don't know the first thing that came into my head was how do you get clean underwear that would well given the fact that you tend to leave yours at home that would be the first thing that would come to your mind but you're right. It is. It is all those small things of like you know, like, and I just find even packing. Like if I've got to go somewhere for four days, which you know, if I do go places, if I if I do um, author talks and school visits, I do try to block them. I, I try to do them all in one hit because mm. it just saves me backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. So I'm still, you know, I find myself standing there with my little suitcase, you know, trying to work out how I can get as many outfits out of as few yes. clothes as possible. And it just does my head in because I just – I'm not a person who dresses up every day, um, mm. you know, for actual outside sort of scrutiny. Um, mm. Generally speaking, I look like an absolute mess and that's <laughs> fine when I'm just walking the dog. But, you know, there's this notion of, oh, I've got to put my work clothes on. Do I have yes. any work clothes and where are they? You know, it's that kind of thing, which is – it's a whole level – another level of angst. But anyway. I know, um, I know. Now, listen, I've got a shout-out yes. as oh, well. Oh, yes. Go on, do tell I would like to give a shout-out to Ben Hobson. Um, now, Ben Hobson is has a debut novel coming out in early June, and he tweeted during the week a, an, a – um, an image of the cover, and the book is called To Become a Whale, and it's uh, out in early June with Alan and Amwen, and it is a beautiful, beautiful cover. Like I just saw it and thought, oh, that is gorgeous. And I tweeted back and I said, that is gorgeous because you know, <laughs> I tend to be fairly stream of conscious. And um, he he came back to me and he said, thanks, Al Tate. Wouldn't be a book without the So You Want to Be a Writer podcast. Wow. And just, I know. I just like I was I – was, I was really like, okay, that's fantastic. I was so chuffed and very proud, which I told him. And um, so I just like to say, you know, good luck, Ben. And um, I'm great to see you out there on Twitter doing all your platform stuff. And we're very much looking forward to uh, seeing the book come out in in June, particularly as we now feel like midwives as we have assistants of the book. Absolutely. Angeline from the midwives. Yeah, we're podcast doulas. Oh, oh. <laughs> sort of. Oh, you know what? Having been present at an actual birth, I don't think oh. I'll be too. You mean your I own? Oh, like, yeah, you know what? Right. I think when you're actually giving birth, you have the best seat in the house because you don't have to watch yourself giving birth. Oh. I don't think I would like to be a doula. I do take my hat off to those people that can assist with those things. I made so much noise, Val. It was just. <laughs> So, so much noise. Anyway, okay. that's, a, that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other story. Let's not go there. All right. So this is a mini-sode uh, this week and we will return to our regular programming very soon. We hope you've been enjoying um, these mini-sodes because what we do in our mini-sodes is sometimes we have mini-interviews and we also answer your questions. And if you have a question, make sure you do email it to us because we would love to help you out on these mini-sodes. And you email it to 
podcast at writerscentre.com.au. That's podcast at writerscentre.com.au. Now, this week's question comes from Hayley. And Hayley has said, loving the mini sones of the podcast and still can't get enough. Um, she says, I was lucky enough to listen and meet to Candace Fox recently. Such a lovely person and so funny. Now, of course, Candace Fox is the uh, um, thriller author who has who is now been a number one New York Times bestseller, is also a presenter at the Australian Writers' Centre. She teaches the course How to Write About Murder and her latest book is Crimson Lake. So Hayley continues... My question is, I am trying to put my novel into a genre. To me, it seems to be general fiction, though could also be put into chick literature. How is the best way to work out which genre your novel fits into? The premise of my novel is about three women from different parts of the world who come together at a conference and become friends. One is terminally ill and she leaves her property and business to to both of her now friends. It goes through how these women come to meet and the background to them all, plus the time when they finally come together as the main character passes and the story goes on to how to how the other two make their choices of whether to stay and take on the property together or one leaves and the other stays or they both leave. So part of me says general fiction, the other part says chick literature. So, yes, that's a good question. That is a good question. Hmm. Uh, so are you, are you going to answer that or am I going to answer that? <laughs> Why don't you answer it, Al? Well, one of us should probably answer it, I feel, <laughs> seeing as that is the point of this actual exercise. <laughs> All right, so I think it comes down to a couple of things. I think that the age of your protagonist is probably going to be a factor in whether or not you're writing chick lit or um, general commercial fiction. Um, so the age of your protagonist and their general sort of the things that they are most interested in at the time. Chicklet, uh, you generally tend to have, you know, single girls uh, who are sort of relatively obsessed with, well, you know, romance, finding their way in the world, that sort of stuff. Um, whereas with commercial fiction, um, there's a, probably more of a cross-section. Generally, you're often, not always, but often your protagonist might be slightly older. There's going to be a different emphasis on sort of the friendship slash romance uh, angle of your of your story. So I think that that's one thing. The other thing you're looking at as well to make that decision is tone because mm, chiclet so. novels tend to be a lot sort of lighter and there's generally humour. There's a lot of – I always think of them as being slightly more slapstick than um, than perhaps, you know, general commercial fiction. That makes a big difference to how you how you look at it. I mean, Leanne Moriarty is what you mm. would call commercial fiction, but and she has a lot of humour in her books. But if you look at the age of her protagonists and you look at, um, at, at the sort of like the things that they're interested in and what they're talking about and that sort of stuff, it moves her from that into – sort of commercial fiction. But if you read her early stuff, like if you actually go back and have a look at her catalogue, um, you will see that her earliest novels are actually quite chicklety. Like there's a, mm. you know, she's had a progression, I guess, as her interests have changed as she's got, you know, older as a writer um, and also become probably more um, adept at the craft of managing, you know, she has a lot of viewpoints. So like there's a lot of stuff going on in those books. Mm. Um, you know, and that, some that people much- lately have, have, have classified her as thriller. Even. Oh, yeah. Interestingly. Interestingly, yes. Mm. Um, which I guess, you know, generally now that she works, she's often got a slightly darker premise 
there's usually some kind of, you know, incident of some type in her in her books. Um, you, yeah, you could prob- possibly move her over into not I wouldn't necessarily, but you could. No. Um, so yeah, and I guess so. I guess the, the other thing to do is just to look at the shelves, um, have a look at the kinds of books. Um, like I, Marion Keys, particularly her early stuff again was very chiclet. Um, is your work in that vein, or does it tend? I mean, her stuff now again, I would say, has moved more into commercial women's fiction because she's got older and her interests have got older, and and so there's a slight change in the depth of the of the characters and the depth of the novel and the depth of the issues. Um, and I think that that all comes into consideration when you're trying to work out where your novel fits on the shelf. Yeah, absolutely. I and I definitely agree about the tone because based on the, you know, plot that you've outlined, it could fall into either camp. It's very hard to say because you that plot could be written in a way that's really um in, in a quite a literary way, you know, even and yeah. in, in a way that has quite a different tone to um if you wrote it in a in a much lighter way, the plot would actually still suit that. So just based on the plot is probably not not enough for us to go on. But if you look very much at the tone of your writing, I think that really is the thing that will then um, help you define which genre it, it goes in. So, yeah, Alice, as Alison said, read the two different genres as well and see where you find any parallels and reflections in your own work to help you decide. If not, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure whether, how much of it you've written, but presumably you've written a fair chunk a portion. Uh, yeah, yeah or at least you know some tens 20 maybe 30,000 words give it to somebody who reads <laughs> and and give it to somebody who who knows and also get their opinion as well um where where they would find it in the bookshop mm. is is really a good test mm. All right, great. So hopefully that is helpful, Haley. Now, remember, everyone, if you have a question you would like us to answer, please do email us, podcast at writercentre.com.au. But in the meantime, we have a mini interview this week, mm. Al. Okay, mm. who have we got, Val? We have Bridget, um, Bridget Isache, and she has written a book called Road No Good, and it has been announced as a runner-up in the Finch Memoir Prize because, I mean, and that's absolutely fantastic. She mm. hasn't released a book before. And, in fact, the book started when she was, um, you know, volunteering in Vanuatu and just sort of started writing some things down. And when she eventually came back to Sydney, she started writing a little bit more in earnest. And she has done a couple of courses at the Australian Writer Centre, including Introduction to Novel Writing and Advanced Fiction Writing Techniques. And uh, the interesting story about Bridget is that she saw that this Finch Memoir Prize, which is a very uh, respected prize, was was available and she wanted to enter and when she read the entry form, she realised that the closing date was that day and you had to actually send your printed manuscript to, like you had to, deliver it or post it or whatever and she was in Sydney and Finch Publishing is in Melbourne so unless she could teleport herself um Mm. what was she to do Al what What was was she she to do Valerie 
So clever, so clever. So she, um, well, we'll hear about it, but she, uh, I, I just, but I want to talk about it because I just think um, it's such a clever thing to do. She thought, well, laterally, how do I get it there in a matter of hours? She Googled and found a printer, you know, like a snap printer mm. near Finch Publishing, rang them up, explained the situation and asked them if they would print it and drop it over into Finch Publishing, and they did. Oh, bless. Bless them. Whoever you are, you fantastic printer, good on you, because as a result she became a runner-up in the Finch Memoir Prize and her book is now published um, by Finch. So let's have a listen to Bridget. Bridget, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks. Now, your book, Road No Good, if there are some listeners who haven't heard of it or read it yet, can you tell us what it's about? Sure. Look, I wrote it when I was in Vanuatu, which is about 10 years ago now. Um, I went there as a, a volunteer service abroad volunteer, and that's um, volunteers with the New Zealand government. Um, and I was in Santo, right, in the north of Vanuatu. And the story is the story follows a group of women on the island that enrolled in study and became educated. Um, it was quite unusual at the time for women on the island to enrol and study at all and actually most of these women hadn't been to secondary school so um, yeah a lot of the interest I think in the story comes from the fact that they're just they've been to primary school they've never thought of study they're living in villages and quite remote part of Vanuatu and they have you know get onto this idea that they're going to do this course that will teach them to be preschool teachers. It's through correspondence, through Fiji. So, um, yeah, the, the, all the papers and textbooks get sent from Fiji. And um, it's it just follows all of the uh, challenges and unbelievable things, really, that, that they come across just trying to become educated. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it follows the hurdles and, and the journey and, and right through to the end of when they graduate. So... Fantastic. And you went there as a volunteer. What were you volunteering doing? Um, Look, my role was preschool coordinator. The way um, VSA works is um, they work with a partner organisation in the developing world and um, that partner organisation will look for people with specific skills that they don't have in that developing country. So on this island there was no access to um, teachers' college for the people that live on the island and so there was pretty much no early childhood teachers in Vanuatu at the time there may have been a couple living in Port Vila which was the main town but none none in the rural areas so they would one of the ways that they would train up preschool teachers is get um volunteers from New Zealand to come over I was the first one on this island I think there had been others in Vanuatu over the years that gone to different islands but I was the first one on this island so and so you you go there and you you meet these um, these women. They they are doing this interesting thing. When did you know you wanted to write this book? Look, I started writing. I just was writing every day when I arrived. From from the day that I arrived, I started just writing down what was happening. And I think that was just to do with the isolation. Like I, before I left for Vanuatu, I was like everybody on the internet and using my phone all the time and mm-hmm. calling people and just you know in much closer contact, obviously, with my family and friends. And when I arrived in Luganville, I had no phone, I had no internet, and oh. so part and I had no television. <laughs> so oh, you know, goodness. very limited. Like. 
we had electricity, but it was quite limited. If you plugged in too much, all the fuses would blow. So you sort of, you know, you could have a little bit of, of electricity, but not really enough to you know, run your laptop all the time or anything. So, um, wow. yeah, so I was sort of coming into this completely new way of living. And part of the way that I dealt with that and that isolation was writing. And what mm. I'd do each week is I'd write this big, long letter or sort of turned into blogs eventually, but big, long letter and send it out to all my family and friends. So, yeah, the, I, I did that. At first, I was just writing all of the really strange stuff that I thought was really odd and strange because it was such a new environment. But as as I sort of went on the journey myself and met the woman and formed real, um, I think, more meaningful relationships with the people in Vanuatu, my, my story changed into actually fo- following what was really happening in the people's lives, which I think, yeah, sort of takes a bit of a turn after the first few months and, and starts getting into a bit of a deeper deeper story with yeah something more important to tell yeah so you started doing it because really you were passing the time and you didn't have the internet (laughs) and you know it it kind of became a blog but when did you think I'm going to make this into a book or a memoir I think um it was probably about three quarters of the way through I had I'd written down so much and I just had so many notes and, and letters and a lot of content for a book I think when I realised that the women were going to pass the course, at first when we first enrolled in the course, it was it was kind of just an idea, and I thought it'd be a great, you know, way to way for them to start um, kind of learning things about the world and, and getting a bit of contact with the outside world and just doing something a bit different. Um, but when I realised, and at first it was a real struggle, and we were just learning to write sentences and just really kind of. Um, just the first steps of when you learn to study but as they got momentum they got this real drive and I mean the people of the women of Anuanda just have this incredible strength and resilience that I I guess they've needed to have because they've lived in such an isolated place but because of that they sort of um they sort of used that and and studied really hard and studied every day and and got real momentum and, and got to the point where they could pass this quite complex course you know, set for people that had finished high school. Um, yeah, so that's when once I once they started, um, like we had the graduation and we went through the graduation. I thought, gosh, this is a really fantastic story. I just want to get it down. You know, <laughs> so I yeah. think once I left, I just I just worked on the content that I had and filled in the the bits that I hadn't written about and just yeah, really wanted to just tell it because it, it was such a unique story. Wonderful. Now, at some yeah. point you discovered the Australian Writers' Centre and you did a few courses with us, advanced fiction writing techniques and stuff yeah. in novel among them. Mm-hmm. So what did you get out of the course that was so useful? Um, well, I don't, well, I don't well, mean specific topics. Like I yeah, just mean, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, when I got to Sydney, like I'd, I'd gone from this isolated part of Whanarata where I had no help or support with my writing to Sydney where there's just, you know, the um, AWC just had all these fantastic courses. And I had this big draft of a book that I, because I'd never written a book before, I really didn't know how to get the best out of it. And my problem with it was that um, a lot so parts of the book um, – 
it's almost as if the reader couldn't follow it with me. Some of it I was looking back and some of it I was looking forward. It was, it was sort of all over the place. But also I had storylines going out all over the place. My arc wasn't very strong. So mm-hmm. I had, yeah, like I had the this beautiful story and the workings of a book, but I just didn't really have the skills yet. And the first course that I did was actually the more advanced one. It was with Pamela Freeman was the yeah. teacher. And there was a, a big group of students and we all had kind of a – in various stages we all had a book that we'd written that wasn't working or that was half finished or that you know it's mm. and we um the way that it worked was we each gave out a chapter to all of the other class members and then the other class members all critiqued your chapter and told you what was wrong with it for want of a better thing but and it was terrifying like when I first did it, it was terrifying but it was the best thing that we, we ever could have done because as you're reading around and as you're um, listening to the other chapters and hearing the critique of other students' work, you suddenly realise the mistakes in your own as well. So mm. once I had figured out with one chapter that I remember Pamela saying to me, "You have to, your, your reader has to follow along with you. And it just, it just clicked in my head. I was like, oh, yes, I can't be telling the reader. <laughs> they have to be learning, you know. And I actually, re- when, when I finished the course, I actually rewrote the whole book with the skills wow. that I've learned. Yeah, like I, I, it was kind of another draft, but it was actually starting from scratch and, and rewriting it, you know, in, in one kind of voice and, and staying on, on track with the story and leaving out all the bits that weren't relevant and yeah. all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it was very, very valuable. And I actually went back afterwards and did, uh, it was a while ago, I can't remember the name of the course, but it was more of the um, techniques and skills. I think it was the yeah. second. Oh, um, advanced fiction writing techniques. Yeah, yeah. I think that mm. was it. Yeah, I went and did that afterwards just to help me with doing that draft yeah, so I did it in an interesting way, but it really worked for me. <laughs> um, Fantastic. Yeah. So now you, you're a runner-up in the Finch Memoir Prize, which is yeah. fantastic, absolutely yeah, cool. amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank That's you. That's just yeah. so, so exciting. Now yeah. tell us a bit about, um, you know, why you decided to enter and how you, what you thought when you got told that you were a runner-up. Sure, sure. Um, well, once I finished, I actually finished that draft that I was talking about. It was it took me about three months, and it was over the summer I did it. And my husband was away for two months on a holiday, and I just I, I spent that whole time doing it, and I finished it. And then mm. um, I, I was looking at it, thinking, Oh, what on earth am I going to do with it now that it's you know, <laughs> that I've done it? You know, and I started looking up publishers, and it's such a daunting thing looking yeah. up publishers because you just feel like. You know, there's not a lot of chance. Um, and I saw a competition. It was the Finch Memoir Prize. But the thing is about it is that it closed. Um, it closed that, I think it was the next night it closed. Mm. Um, and actually, in the meantime, I'd moved out of Sydney. And I went to the post office and they said, no, we can't get it there by the time that it closed oh. and I actually I rang I rang the publisher and they said no and fair enough because it's a competition they said if it's not there on the, yeah. <laughs> on the moment you can't get it and I was thinking oh I'm not I'm not going to be able to get it in. and then I um I had this idea that maybe there was a printer nearby the publisher so I rang I found one down the road and yeah. I rang them up and I explained to the man um yeah. the problem and about the prize and that I've just finished the draft and, yeah. <laughs> and he said oh, all right I'll run it over but he had That's I think so by, nice. by the I know, it was so nice. But by the time he'd printed it and ran it over, it was 4 o'clock and they closed the competition at 5 o'clock. So Ellie just got it there. Oh, <laughs> it, so um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we just got it there and that was great and um, they accepted it because I wasn't sure if they'd accept it just run, running in from someone on the street, but they did. And then um, 
I just sort of forgot about it after that because I, I guess I didn't really imagine I'd ever get it published deep down in my mind. But um, And then, yeah, a couple of months later, I just got an email first and I rang them and they said, oh, you're runner-up and we'll consider publishing it. <laughs> so, yeah, awesome? yeah. Wow, so, so brilliant. It's great. It's, it still feels, yeah, it still feels like a shock. Really. <laughs> um, so, you, it's memoir. What is the hardest thing or most challenging thing about writing memoir, do you think? Um, yeah, look, I think the most terrifying thing is that you're writing your own feelings and insecurities and fears. Mm. And if you, if you don't put all of that down, you, can, you know, I think it wouldn't be as good <laughs> or yeah. it's not as real, you know. So, um, and that, that was the most terrifying thing for me was. I'd written it all down, but I didn't really fully believe 100% that it would be published because it was my first book. So you can write whatever you want and it's just on your laptop in your bedroom, you know. But then when, yeah, when it's published, it's that um, terror of, oh, everybody's going <laughs> to know how I really felt. Yes. Um, but I guess that's, yeah, that's, that's what's good about memoir too. And so what are you writing now? What, what are you, yeah, what's your focus now? Look, I've got a now. I've got a one-year-old and a three-year-old, oh, um, yeah. and I've got quite a busy job as well. I'm, I'm managing um, childcare centres, so I just when I do write, I have to do it really late at night once everyone's in bed or once yeah. everything else is done. I'd like to start another book, but I'm just yeah, I'm thinking maybe in a year when the children are a little bit older. I still write down things that happen, or I, I do blogs occasionally, or you know, yeah. unusual things that happen, but not as much as I'd like. But <laughs> well, I think it's fantastic, and it's such a great thing. I mean, you obviously recognised it as a potentially a really engaging story, which obviously it yeah. is, and um, especially when you a little more time went on um, and you knew what the outcome was going to be. It's such a great journey for these people. Mm, Uh, So well done. Now what's the most, finally, what's the most enjoyable thing to you about writing? Um, I think it just puts me in the moment of what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. And, And what do you mean by that? Look, I think it, it takes me out of my head and just really focuses me on just the the one thing that's going on. I think often I'm so busy, I'm rushing around <laughs> and lo- lots mm. of things going on. And the thing I love about it is it really centers me and just, yeah, helps me just think about that one thing and, yeah, and the energy of, of that that one thing that I'm writing about. Wonderful, yeah. It, yeah. Makes, it, it makes you very mindful and really present. Yeah, mindful, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you having a chat with us. Thank you. There you go. There's Bridget. And, you know, good honour for being so proactive and entering the prize, you know. Well, I just love a bit of initiative. Like she's not only entered the prize but she's managed to get someone else to drop it in for her. I think that's (laughs) – print it and drop it in for her. I think that's fantastic. Well done. And you should enterprises as well. So that is um, a good lesson. Take the time to Mm -hmm. look for such things and enter some prizes because you never know how that might lead to your publication as well. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this mini-sode. Where do we find you on at line, Al? Uh, You'll find me at alisontait.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com. You'll find me on Twitter at at altait, A-L-T-A-I-T, and you'll find me on Instagram and Facebook at alisontaitwriter. 
And, and you'll find me at Valerie Koo, K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram, where you'll see now pictures of my macraming as well as my cat. <laughs> and uh, and um, feel free did, to connect. Did, did you really need more reasons to go there? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Sorry, Sorry I, I interrupted your fantastic um, Keep going. Feel free to connect with me on Facebook. Uh, I'm easy to find. And, of course, if you want to look at the show notes for this podcast at any time, go to soyouwanttobeawriter.com.au. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writercentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more. <laughs>